0: Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the latest episode of Legal Podcast. Today we are joined by Jason Wojohowicz. Jason is the owner of Toughhead Broadheads, and Toughhead has a brand new series of Broadheads that is being released, available for pre-order today january 1st 2021 they're available for pre-order the evolution series broadheads uh are pretty unique uh they are made of a high quality tool of steel we'll talk a little bit about it on the podcast but you guys should definitely listen to this one in its entirety and enjoy it we talk about pricing and stuff at the end and you can go to toughhead.com and pre-order yours right now if you want to do that so be sure to go do that Uh, uh, before the end of the episode, if you want these broadheads in a timely manner. Um, By the way, the last, like, 5-10 minutes or so of the episode, we had to, like, re-record because we had some audio issues. Jason's audio sounds kind of funky, so don't, it's not your headphones or anything like that. It's on our end. Sorry. I did the best that I could with what I had, but is what it is. Uh, this podcast is fueled by Hunter's Blunt Coffee. Go to huntersbluntcoffee.com and use code ABF at checkout for 10% of your purchase to be donated to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Again, that is ABF, all caps, at checkout for 10% of your purchase to be donated to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Uh, our website, if you're looking for it right now, might be down. Uh, we're kind of doing some reconfiguring, so... you're looking to buy merch or something send us an email and we can probably figure it out but uh yeah can't do it on our website right now because it's not up so sorry about that uh anyway hope you guys enjoy this podcast there's a lot of fun here's Jason Wojohowicz with Toughhead enjoy yep Jason uh we're hanging out with Jason tonight. Jason Wojo, it's AKA Wojo from Toughhead, was our very first manufacturer that we had on the podcast. This is before Rob joined. Rob came. That's right. Rob episodes. was not
1: on the last one. Yeah, you're right. Yep. You're
0: right. Yep. Yeah. It was three was episodes not. before before Rob came and uh, yeah, you were, Rob is not a part of it, but he is now, which is, oh. which is cool. So glad to be joined again by, uh, by Jason, uh, who, uh been a long long time let me check on the date on this so let's see it was march 22nd of 2019 so almost two years ago that we last recorded so oh wow it that long uh, a, yeah it's it's been a while at least i mean over 18 months somewhere between 18 months and in sure. two years but uh, uh yeah 21 months actually i guess so what uh so i mean pfft, i mean you, you've probably done a couple of things uh since then what have uh What have you been up to? What have, uh, you've been, uh, uh, I guess doing the last couple of years, any, any fun hunts that you went on? Uh, I know you were talking, I think last time we recorded, you were talking about a bear hunt that was like right on top of you. Anything, anything else has been really exciting. Um,
1: well, one of that moose hunt that, that one up in Canada, uh, was unsuccessful, um, that was a self guided, you know, situation drop in. It was it was really a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, we well, talked about that after Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: yeah. you've uh, you've sent me that that outfit. Yes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yes. share it with anybody because it's like a yeah. hidden gem. But uh it, it, it uh, is. It really is. Um yeah. so so that that was that was fun. It looked it looked really cool because me me, Rob oh, and yeah. Garrett have been talking about trying to do that for a couple of years now. And I think it may be time to bite the bullet and just go do
1: it. Yeah, it it is, it is an awesome, awesome hunt. Um, you know, it is self-guided. So, you you know, it it is a complete learning experience and it was my second time going there. So, you know, I had a little more of an idea. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome hunt. I mean, it's an adventure from the minute you get in that float plane and take off. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. you really feel like you're doing something, uh, something really different, you know what I mean? Uh, and the cost is super affordable. Um, yeah uh, unfortunately we we didn't get anything but we had fucking awesome time caught tons of fish ate fish every day for dinner i mean it was it was awesome um there you go. but it, it led that me to perfect you know, oh it, it really is rob i mean it's it's it is super awesome and, and you get one of one of your team you know someone in your camp gets the small game tag so you you know you guys can shoot some uh, grouse for dinner and stuff like that because there's tons of grouse up there um but it, it's a great adventure um Unfortunately, you know my, my moose hunts have all been self done, and I've, I'm not a moose hunter. I want to be one, so I, I actually am going to go on one this year uh, to Newfoundland. I hired a guide. I'm going to stay with the gentleman and his wife and uh, and hunt with them, so I can see you, you basically get mentored, so that when I do sure, self guided yeah, yeah. again, I'll, I'll have a better understanding on what to do. I mean, you can watch YouTube videos all you want, but until you get dropped into middle middle of nowhere and and you got to figure it out, it,
2: yeah, you know
1: it, it's. It, you know, it, it's like find, trying to find a needle in a haystack, you know, to find these moose. Yeah. I mean, they're there, they're there, but, th- you know, they're not just going to come out and show themselves. Like,
0: yeah, uh, I've definitely, uh, I've heard from multiple people, most of the people that have gone to Alaska, but I'm sure it's the same, you know, in, in any any part of the, you know, especially up in Canada where it all, you know, looks the same to me. Yeah. Uh, you, you can, you can look at maps as much as you want, but the second you right. get on the ground, everything, <laughs> everything right, changes, right. it all goes out the window.
1: Right. Uh, right. So, the the yeah. advantage Alaska has though, is, is you can hunt a lot of open tundra type of territory. Mm-hmm. So right. you, you can yeah. have, you have the ability to glass spot and stock where, uh, you know, in Canada, it's just thicker than, than shit. I mean, it, it's, right. you know, it's. It, it, you know, it's, it, it's not the same. Uh, you know, you really have to, uh, call, listen, call, listen. It's, it's, you know, you don't have the luxury of spotting. So that may, that adds just yeah. another difficult, uh, difficulty to it, but, uh, but yeah. tons of fun, man. It, it's definitely the kind of hunt you want to go with a nice camp, a nice group of guys. Um, and, and you just have a great time. Boat, you know, you use the, you use the boat, your beach and hike in different spots on your lake. And it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It really, really is. You guys should do it.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a blast. What, yeah. uh, um, what have you been, I know you said you've been dabbling with, uh, a compound bare setup. Are you, are you still messing around yeah. with that? Uh,
1: dude, I mess around with everything. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I am traditional, it's, I'm rooted traditional. I mean, I am definitely traditional. Um, cause every time I pick up something modern, it's fun for a few days, but it just, then it starts to feel weird and I got to go back to the recurve or, you know, um, <laughs>
2: sure. but yeah,
1: last year, um, I, I got an Oneida and um, mm-hmm. started shooting that bow with fingers. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And actually, I shot it for, and I hunted with it. Uh, I, I took it on, on a hunt, uh, two hunts, and um, uh, was real successful with it. I mean, it it, uh, it just, it, it took a lot of the, um, you know, the trajectory was a lot flatter. So, you know, you're shooting, I'm opposed to shooting 160 feet per second on my recurve to 210 feet per second. You know, there was, a, it took a, sure. a big margin of error out of my, my sight picture, oh, yeah. right? So you know, yeah, I could actually up my arrow to seven hundred grains, still shoot two hundred feet per second. I mean, it was like I almost felt like I was cheating to be honest with you, but um, but it was a lot of fun, and I still have it hanging up there. And I think there's certain hunts that 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 fits me. You know, I'll use that on certain sure. hunts. Yeah. um yeah. You know, so that's still hanging up there. I, you know, I started with compound, and I went to traditional years ago. Um, been playing with compound again um as a matter of fact i just tuned up a really nice uh elite and um love shooting it's awesome and everything but i i was determined to use it in the second season but i shot it for about a week and i'm not gonna lie guys i just uh i put it back down and picked the recurve up and 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 i'm just gonna go (laughs) back out with a recurve It just i don't know i just um it just feels more natural to me not having sights and just drawing and feeling you know feeling the the string you know with my fingers and all that stuff so um, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh yeah. Oh, and I also be, got a what? got a crossbow for testing. So we've been doing a lot of testing with crossbows to mm. get mainly because um with the new line uh we wanted to test high speed accuracy with these, you know, high speed and long distance accuracy. So me not being a compound guy and shooting eighty yards, I thought, well, the next best thing is get a get a, a crossbow and, you know, jack that thing up and start shooting them. And uh so you know, that, that's that been a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I'm not definitely. gonna lie. The crossbow is is fun. Um I listened to your guys' podcast about crossbows. you guys did a few a few back and uh, it was, it was mm-hmm. really good and, and you know those guys those guys need this too so I didn't want oh, to leave shit. them out of this venture. you know I wanted to make these heads compatible with crossbows and they all are so um, it, it's a really nice feature we added into the new line.
0: Yeah, and we will uh just a heads up for you and for the listeners. I know I've said it for a couple of weeks, but we're going to be getting together with a guy named Jim Aiken here pretty soon. We just haven't been able to hook up with him yet. Uh, but Jim's gone to Africa a couple times with crossbows. I think he has a couple of SCI world records with crossbows. And, oh, cool. uh, I mean, I he's killed he has, like,
3: he's got quite a few actually.
0: Yeah. He's killed. I mean, hippo, Cape Buffalo, Lord, I mean, Eland, like, I mean, he's got the number one crossbow Livingstone Eland, like, I mean, just all sorts of crazy stuff. And, uh, so we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna have him on and, and talk about it and, and build that's bolts cool. For, yeah. For crossbows so yeah i think yeah, that i mean we'll, you'll, you'll
1: enjoy that one yeah we're all in this together i mean you know i i don't i stopped looking at crossbows as the enemy you know at, at one point I, I i was that guy uh i'm not anymore um you know i think they have their place uh as a matter of fact i enjoy shooting it. i'm not going to sit here and lie to you uh sure I, you know sitting in a ground blind you know where, where you can't get too close i the hell i, I think it, it fits um uh, you know, those ghost guys need to be educated as well because they have so much, so much kinetic energy. Those bows are putting on so much power. I mean, that what they can do and unleash havoc on these animals with the right broadhead is, is you know, <laughs> they, they need that. Yeah. They need that.
4: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, that's a big yeah, part that's... of it. Like, there's yeah. so much energy there and yeah. it's like you've got these factory bolts that are realistically, you know. Most of them are around 400 grains. Yeah. And then they wonder why they can't, like, can't get a pass-through.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's right, like, right.
4: There, there's more to it, but, like, you've got a phenomenal starting point. We just need to build on it.
1: Yeah, tons of energy. Right. Tons
4: right, and tons right, of energy. Right. They're,
1: not, they're, not, they're not capturing all that energy and putting it where it needs to go. Yeah. We all, you know, all the three of us know it's got to go into that era. I mean, that's where you're going to get your most efficiency.
0: Yeah. But even, I mean... Uh, I I don't I certainly don't want to loop crossbows in with being because it, it's not true for all of them I mean there's probably more lazy bow hunters but uh, yeah. when you think yeah. of crossbow yeah. hunters like I just see these guys like today I saw a guy post a, a, a like three pictures of these three broadheads it was a, a fire in the hole a toxic and some other crap mechanical. And was like, oh, these are uh, these are going to be the w- what I'm going to shoot for my 100 grain uh, heads on my crossbow. Like, which ones would you guys suggest? I'm just, <laughs> none, none, of, none of the above. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah right.
4: Is that up. an option?
3: None. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: I, I, But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I, I but I'm, I'm in the same uh, same boat as you, I, especially with with just hunter numbers. I think we we need to do a better yeah. job of embracing crossbow stuff and we can. We can kind of argue semantics, uh, you know, later, uh, uh, if we're, if we're able to save hunting as a whole and, uh, and, and figure out what, what makes more sense on, on where to classify it. But yeah. What, uh, what hunts do you have coming up? I know you said you're doing the, the moose, the guided moose hunt. Uh, you have anything else, uh, exciting yeah, planned uh, in the spread? Yeah,
1: this year, yeah, this year, 2021, um, I have the moose hunt. Hopefully, the border open so I can go. Uh, fortunately, when do you, it is when do you fall, hunt so
0: moose for for that? Fall. I, I in have the no fall. idea. Okay, gotcha. Uh, gotcha.
1: So, well, archery season. Archery season. Uh, you know, of course, every every uh, um, every territory is different in their opening season. But archery season is typically September, mid September to the very beginning of October, and then gotcha. from October to November, typically is. General season, right? I mean, you can hunt with a bow, uh, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, that's and that's typically when the rut is. It's uh, about the third week of October or second week of October is, is their a rut mm-hmm. for, for moose. But um, I'm going during, uh, it'd be the second week of September, which is um, pre-rut. Um, and we're going to try to uh, piss a bull off and get him to come out and I can put an arrow through him. Um, again, hopefully the border opens and I get to go. I mean, that's, that's my big thing for this year. I'm focused on, on my whole setup, my whole shooting rig, everything from this, after second season here in PA, everything is being set up for moose. So whatever I hunt from then till moose is going to be at my moose setup. Um, I do have, um, which I have to call and confirm, I'm going to do a red stag hunt at at a ranch, um, mainly to test some, some, some broadhead, uh, effects um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and to do a grocery trip you know I, I want some more meat in the freezer um there you go i got it's yeah i got bad, that right? um no no right i mean you know I, i'm not against hunting ranches uh for certain ethical reasons i mean i i, I wouldn't go posting a trophy picture of it or anything like that but uh this is a pretty big ranch so uh, it's i'm gonna be hunting it. i'm gonna have a stick bow in my hand so it's gonna you know that adds a level of difficulty but i do have that oh, for hunt. sure yeah. yeah 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 um i'll probably do another pick on at some point but really this year i'm focusing on that moose hunt i just i just hope it it happens if not i'll probably end up going um maybe for elk in this in this uh, fall or moose uh, or mule deer again so yeah
0: we'll see what what uh what do you think your your recurve uh rig is going to look like are you doing ilf or are you going to try and oh, do yeah.
1: something else yeah uh, look, I, I, I'm an ILF guy. I'm done screwing around with other other bows and all that. I've been down that road. <laughs> heard that, I've owned, heard that. <laughs> I've owned so many of them, and, and you know I'll play with other ones. Don't get me wrong, but listen, at the end of the day, an ILF rig is is me. That's me uh, with super recurve limbs. I, I, I the Uka limbs is is my limb. Uh, I'm shooting a VX limbs, and um, as a matter of fact, I got a brand new riser coming probably in a week and a half, and I'm not allowed to talk about it, but. Um, it is a riser from my favorite company and the, one of the companies I support. So I got a new, a whole new setup for this year and I'm super, super excited about it. Ooh. Nice. That and that's about fun. all I can nice. say right now. Yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about it. So, <laughs> right. Still, Teasing yeah, so I'm going to hurry
0: up yeah. and get this podcast over with so I can interrogate Jason <laughs> <we're> not recording.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it is an awesome thing and I'm so happy he's doing it. So
0: cool. Cool. That's dope. Uh, well, man, Jason, we are, we're really excited to, to have you on. I know we've, we've talked about recording this podcast basically since you started teasing this, uh, probably two, two and a half months ago now, uh, for your yeah. evolution series broadheads. I think the, is is that the name they ended up landing yes. on evolution? Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. It's evolution. Cool. Um, yeah, it was elite for a while just because we needed something to call it, but, um, everything's called elite. So, uh, evolution just fit, right? This is the line that is evolving Toughhead into modern archery, modern manufacturing. So it just mm-hmm. fit. The minute I heard the word evolution, you know, uh, it just fit. So uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it is the evolution series. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. So what, I mean, you know, c- kind of take us, take us through that process a bit, you know, what, what spurred this desire to uh, create a new broadhead? Cause I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't keep anything in stock last year. Every time I went I on the website, everything was out. And I know I heard you say like anytime you'd you'd post something up, you'd post on social media, send out your email blast saying like, hey, these, you know, I've got two sixty five grain meatheads in stock, and boom, like ten minutes later, gone. Yeah, uh, yeah, literally so. two hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, two hours. Pat, They were gone, and I get emails, hate emails from. Like, I just got the email and everything's gone, and I. So we actually had to stagger some of the restocks because mm. the guys on the West mm-hmm. Coast weren't getting them in time and they were, they were oh, missing no. out. So we had to stagger a couple of the restock launches, uh, you know, towards the end of the day so that the West Coast guys, you know, cause we have a lot of guys out, out on the West Coast that shoot, shoot yeah. our heads mm-hmm. too. So uh, I, I didn't want to leave them out of the, out of the, the loop. So, um, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, tough has, has been around for over a decade. It's a tried and true proven three to one. Uh, broadhead um so honestly the, the the big thing is i didn't want to sit back and watch everybody else make broadheads i wanted to have fun too i wanted to make more broadheads um sure you know three to one you know at the end of the day three to one style in our style broadhead is probably the do all kind of broadhead right it is made to penetrate it you can kill anything with this broadhead but other styles work too um it's proven guys i mean you know that i mean um yeah you know, sure yeah as long as there's structural integrity and there's edge retention and all that good stuff. Right. I mean, they work. So I didn't want to sit back and watch everybody else have fun. I wanted to make more broadheads. Um, I want to be a broadhead manufacturer. Um, so, uh, you know, this isn't something that just came up two months ago. I mean, this has been in the works for for over two years, really. I mean, there's a file drawer full of broadhead designs, full of (laughs) testing reports, full of photos, autopsy photos. I mean, you know, this is, and it's not just me collecting the data. I mean, as you guys know, I mean it's the Ashby Foundation. It's a lot of hunters that are involved in that. You know, Troy Fowler's a big one with with all that. Um, he had a big say uh, in the design on the 200 grain. Um, so, you know, um, I just I just wanted to have fun. So we started um, this year with the two two blade or the, not the two blade, but the uh, two piece style. Um, but what Mm -hmm. we kept finding was, yeah, yeah. You had, had it was like, it was
0: pinned together, right? Something like that.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's an awesome design. Uh, it's, it's, it's shelved right now. Um, there's a couple things. I mean, it's working. Everything works great on it. The problem with it was, well, the number one problem was I was using, uh, 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 three V steel. Uh, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I I, I couldn't manufacture this thing for under $200, you know, a three pack. So nobody (laughs) wants to buy. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's a a market for it, but it'd be stupid for me to bring that out. And no one, no, I mean, what am I going to sell 100 packs? I mean, you know, it wasn't worth it. You know, so we looked at other steels and everything. But at that point, you know, it was just so the original Toughhead, you know, it's stamped, it's stamped and pressed, you know what I mean? Then I have to weld it and braze it. So it's a very labor intensive process. That's why it takes Mm -hmm. so long to make them. Well, the two piece broadhead was, I was like going down that same road and I'm just, I just was like, I, I don't want to do this. You know, I need to make these a little more efficiently, bring them to market and and try to keep them in stock. So, you know, we, um, we, uh, beginning of the year, not only were we working on the two blade or the two piece, we were also doing prototypes with, with regular steel on uh, monolithic one piece machine broadheads and, um, mm-hmm. It, it just made sense, guys. I mean, you know, uh, structural integrity is there. Um, you know, the the ease of manufacturing, so to speak, is there. There's no human yeah. labor uh, involved in it, so to speak. You know what I mean? As far as what my original one was. So, sure. um, we, uh, so we ran some prototypes on the designs that I wanted to bring out. Um, and then I liked them. And then we said, okay, well, now let's, you know, we know we want to use tool steel. We've already went down that road, you know, a mm-hmm. year ago. Um, it, you know that is what a broadhead should be made out of. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, if you want the best, baddest broadhead on the market, it's got to be tool steel. Um, so, all my answers, all my questions, I should say, the answer led to S7. So we went with S7 tool steel. Ran a few different production lines. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. prototype lines and. Uh, Finally, fine tuned it towards the end of this year. Uh, got some out there in the field and had super awesome success with them. Um, I didn't post nearly the pictures we had of the success because um, I didn't want to keep pissing people off and showing pictures, and nobody knew what was going on. So, um,
2: but uh, <laughs> I wish you would.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm telling you what they all they're, they're all performing uh, fantastically, um, and uh, so that's kind of what led to it. Um, I just didn't want to sit back and 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 not let unleash all these ideas and all these this passion that I have for broadheads. It's kind of weird I got into but, this and it just became I get consumed by all this.
4: Right. The, the creation ahead, process is why we get into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, like once you get through that process, then you have to maintain it. But at least for me like the passion is figuring it out. It's a puzzle. Like I, I want to, like, I know what I want it to do. And now I need to figure out how to make that happen. And like, from an engineering standpoint, from a design standpoint, that is the stuff that I like, I, I won't sleep. Yeah. I just, yeah,
2: Yeah, there was a lot of restless nights.
1: Yeah. There was a ton of restless nights. Uh, I would later. I'd get up at three in the morning or two in the morning sometimes, and just like go back to the computer and tweak a, a measurement, and you know, because it just something wasn't right. And and uh, I mean, there, you know, you know, I'm not going to talk it down, but you know, you look at the broadheads, right? there, the machine pieces steel. But if if some guys would just understand what it took to bring these to where they are, there's so many things that aren't visually you know, uh, Mm -hmm. that you can't just Mm -hmm. see, I mean, there's just so much involved in this. Um, you know, just a little tweak here, a dimension here, it just makes a huge difference, you know? So, um, uh, you know, and the biggest thing with this line was, you know, no matter what the design was, penetration and strength was the two main driving forces of this. So, um, each one of these heads was made to penetrate like the benchmark of our original Toughhead, because I don't care who you are, everything being equal, the, the original Toughhead is going to out penetrate anything being equal. I don't care. I don't care. Someone can argue me all day long, but it's going to. Um, so we wanted to incorporate that into every one of these designs. I wanted to try to duplicate that with these modern designs. So, uh, and and we did. Uh, these things are performing really, really awesome.
0: Yeah. So I know you meant, you mentioned you, you tried to, uh, you tried three V, uh, which is, it's just a great steel, you know, like you mentioned, it's just like astronomically expensive. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, did, were there any other steals that you tried, uh, yes. and, 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 and that you, you maybe, I don't know if you waffled on any, but, uh, were there any other, uh, considerations that were made, I guess, for, for this new line?
1: So there was, um, uh, to, be, to be completely honest, guys, I, I wanted to make it out of 01 because it was very, very, very affordable. And I would have made these broadheads mm-hmm. un- well under $100 a, a pack. But mm-hmm. um, the, the biggest thing with 01 that, that I found was um, the corrosion resistance. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't, yeah. uh, you know, look, tool steels, you, you, no matter what grade of tool steel, I don't care if it's S30V. You know, you you still have that 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 little risk of a of a corrosion. Um, so I, I, I deferred or I, I I I veered around the O uh, one. I, I'm actually a huge fan of O one. I'm going to just say that right now. O one is a really nice deal. It holds an edge so awesome, and you can get that thing so sharp. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to sacrifice. Uh, you know. I, I didn't pull any any punches. I mean, I didn't hold back on this this line. So I wanted to make sure that this was an elite, this was a high tier, you know, top tier line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one I really, really, really liked was Z Tough. Z Tough is a freaking awesome steel. Um, huh. It is basically, yeah, it, it is it is CPM three V. Oh sure, the, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is yep. the exact yep. same thing. It's basically S seven on steroids. You know, um, and. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll put another little teaser out there. I am gonna make a Z-Tough broadhead, but it is gonna be an exclusive, dangerous game, limited edition. But it's not gonna come this year. I still have some tweaks to do with the, a design, um, but I, I have to use that steel. I really, really like that steel. It's really, really impressive.
0: <laughs> Just one yeah. of those things where you're like, I don't care what it costs. We're gonna, we're gonna. Make I don't these. care. <laughs> I don't we're care. These make might at be two hundred
1: dollars. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, because I want them. That's the whole thing. I want these. <laughs> I, I want them out of Z top, but they are awesome. I don't care. if I go into whole making them. They are seriously. It is an awesome steel. And I I played with a two. Um, I played with uh, uh, a D two. I played with um, uh, I played with M M two. Um, I think I said that right. I can't remember. I guess so many different numbers and letters in my head. Yeah, I, know but I played when with we, all when, the tool steels.
0: Yeah, I know when when you first like. I mean this was probably nine months ago, teased uh, a few things. I think when we were talking at that time, you were leaning towards D2.
1: So uh, Yeah, uh, and the reason why I was, Matt, was because of the corrosion resistance. D2 mm-hmm, has a very sure. high chromium content, and if it's heat treated right, it, it really acts like a stainless. The problem with D2 was the edge retention. I couldn't get the edge retention uh, to, to match up with A2 and S7 and even O1, to be honest with you. Uh, We were heat treating the O1 so well that, um, it was performing so good. I just couldn't get over the corrosion on the O1. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, the the D2 just, just wasn't up to snuff, uh, for the edge retention, to be honest with you. Um, so, so we, we, we canned that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, edge retention is, you know, it's a, it's a form of structural integrity, so it's Absolutely. You know, it's it's, yeah, it's very yeah. important. So let's yeah. let's talk about let's talk about S7 for a minute before we jump into the the broadheads and the designs and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh you landed on you landed on S7. Um yes. I and I mean, frankly, uh, how, how many how many manufacturers even use S7? Two uh, besides honestly, you.
1: Honestly, Honestly, the only one I know for 100% surety is uh, Bishop, I believe. Um, Right. But he he claims he uses a proprietary S7. I don't know if there's a different blend or something he's using. I I don't know how he got that. And I don't know. I don't know anything about the gentleman, and and I don't know anything about his broadheads, to be honest with you, Uh, other than it's a 40-degree bevel, and he's got some one-piece monolithics. Uh, Right, right. But – uh, I don't know really of anybody else using S seven uh, publicly. Let's put it that way. I've right. uh, sure. heard some yeah. rumors about some people using it, but um, there's no evidence that I've seen that was backed. So, but that wasn't why I did it. I don't. I, I, uh, the reason why I did it was because you know a big big thing here was we wanted to go with a twenty degree bevel on this single bevel for a couple sure. reasons and. Some of the steels couldn't handle that degree of a bevel. Um, the S7, as you guys, I'm sure know, is an impact steel. It's made for shear blades. It's made for you know uh, um, stamping dies. It's also made in jackhammer bits. It's it's a very popular jackhammer bit die. So hmm. it is made for impact, hard impact. So with bringing that 20 degree bevel and that super sharp razor edge. Um, you need that, you need that structural integrity out of the steel at that point. So the only two that, well, the only three that really held up, well, I should say four was the CPM three V, the Z tough, the a two and the S seven, uh, were the only ones that seemed to be able to handle the 20 degree bevel to our liking. Sure. Um, so that, so. And what's, you you know, what's then the then
0: benefit we, of going with a 20 degree bevel?
1: Well, the, 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 the there's two, there's two benefits. Um, uh, it, is the blade angle is a lot steeper? So that means it's going to become razor sharp. Even when it's not yep. sharp, it's razor sharp, guys. You know, you could almost take a dull 20 degree bevel blade and it, I'm telling you, man, you just drop it and it's sharp. So a, a big oh, driving yeah. force, uh, yeah, a big driving force of this new line was look, everybody complains about sharpening broadheads, especially single bevels. And I still don't understand this to this day because I think single bevels are the easiest thing to sharpen. So agreed. We wanted, yeah, we wanted to bring that 20 degree bevel in because it is just so easy to feel that edge by hand and work it on a strop or work it on a, on a sandpaper. I mean, it is so easy to find. So the 20 degree bevel was just a big thing. We wanted to make it easy for guys to sharpen and we made it, wanted to make it easier. Well, well not easier, but we wanted it to be sharp when it wasn't sharp. Does that make sense?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So um, what? Uh, but, um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
1: No, but but you know, a lot of people don't understand when you the degree on a single bevel, that degree of the angle does play an effect when you get into the shorter broadheads, these shorter, stubbier, modern style broadheads. That degree mm-hmm. angle does affect the twist rate with the dimensions, you know, the perimeter dimensions of the broadhead. So, we had to really play with those perimeter dimensions so it didn't over twist or under twist, right? You know what I mean? Because with that mm-hmm. 20 degree bevel, if you, you, if you, you know, if it was a three to one in a 20 degree bevel, it's just going to slice right through. It might not even have a twist in it by the time it passes through a whitetail. You yeah. follow me? Hmm. Yeah. So, you had yeah. to play with, there's a lot of geometry and a lot of physics involved at this point, right? So, these are my sleepless nights, Rob, you know, laying up trying to figure this stuff out.
4: Yeah. Um, it's all that yeah, little stuff. So- it's
1: it, it what is. if and what if we change this? That.
4: Like, what's yeah, that exactly. going to do? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and people don't understand that. I mean, sure, maybe, maybe you know, uh, a picture on the internet might look like it's something else uh, or a copy of something yep. else, but trust me, it is not a copy of something else. There is so much more that you guys don't understand is behind this. So, well, with like, with the two hundred grain, we've, yeah. Go ahead.
4: Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, we've laughed about this on multiple occasions because claims like that get thrown out everywhere. And it's yeah, like, OK, yeah. so you've got a a triangular two blade broadhead. Like, realistically, they all look similar.
1: Right. right it's, man. I mean,
4: that's just what it is. So the proprietary aspect is going to come down to the manufacturing processes and right. specific, you know, factors and features of the design. Right. Not the right. general shape.
1: Right. Right. You, or you can't same. just look at the shape. You're, I was just going to
3: yeah. say, yeah, when I can, you know, yeah, the shape is similar. But when you can look at a head and like going off of what you've said about your new ones, it's like, okay, well, I have. Five differences just off the top of my head between this and whatever else they're trying to say is a copy. It's like, well, right, if there's five differences that I don't even have to think about to point out, then it's not even remotely the same. I don't know
1: exactly sure, it
3: looks similar, but that's as close as it gets, right? It's a pointy triangle
0: like only so many ways you can do it. Pointy sharp triangle, it's
3: going to look
1: like something else. Correct. And and, that, and and we'll get into this, but that's with the three blade. I mean, come on, guys, there's only so many ways you're going to make a three blade broadhead. Right. But I took it, up, you know, three steps further and I, we'll, we'll get into that, too. And, and that was a whole that was a whole different road. I didn't even think I was going to go down. And and, and Rob, there was again a sleepless night. You know, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, guys emailed me and it was it was amazing how many people in the last two years emailed me and wanted a tough head three blade. Um, yeah. now most of these people wanted a, a single bevel three blade and, and we'll get into that, but, Ooh, me, um, me, me. Yeah. Me. Pick me. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Listen, it, it's, um, it, 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 there's no reason for it. I'm, I'm here to tell you, we've tried it. We, we, we designed a couple and, um, the, the main problem with that is there's so much mass trying to twist through, 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 you lose penetration, you lose yeah. momentum going through an animal. Um, that twisting effect and the three blades trying to twist through an animal, there was no benefit to have a single bevel three blade. Well, there's, there's so than, much
4: more resistance yeah, exactly. with that rotation. Um,
1: exactly. 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 And that's what you don't want. You don't want that resistance. So so we basically went backwards. Went, you know, I don't know if you want me to get into this or not, but I can talk about the three blade. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, let's we, let's
0: wait. Let's wait until we get to the three blade part. Okay. I don't want to. Okay, oh, well, let's let, let's let's yeah. bounce back to S seven real quick. So yeah, yeah, uh, sure. I love that um, You were talking. You you uh, me too. Um, <laughs> uh, and and uh, man, I can't I can't wait until you talk about the price point that you're gonna have this at for S seven because it's pretty remarkable in comparison to what else is on the market. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you know you 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 chose S seven specifically because it was one of the steels that did really well at that 20 degree blade angle. So what does, what does sharpening S seven look like? Because I've, I've been told now, granted I've never owned an S seven broadhead, but I've been told that sharpening S seven is a real pain. But once you get it there, the thing never goes dull. Is is that, is that kind of like blown out of proportion? Is that accurate? Is it not accurate? I like those have been completely secondhand accounts that I've, I've just gotten.
1: Okay, so, so it, it is pretty accurate, right? Um, once you, any tool steel, right? A2, O1, S7,
2: you know, mm-hmm.
1: all of those. Once you got that edge, it takes a lot more effort to lose that edge. Um, you know, no matter what you shoot it in. I don't, I mean, believe me, we, we beat the tar out of everything we have. So um, it does retain edges very well. So, so, so set aside the fact any tool steel is going to hold an edge. Once it's sharp and you got it there, it's going to stay there for a while. Right. It's going to take a little bit more effort to lose that edge. Sure. Um, the thing with the S7 is uh, with any steel, any steel, I don't care what steel it is. It all comes down to the heat treat process. Right. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just because you yeah. say it's 56 Rockwell or 52 Rockwell or 50 or 60 Rockwell. <laughs> how did you get to that Rockwell? Um, you know, sure. there is yeah. different ways to yeah. heat treat metals. We, I'm going to, I'm
0: going to, I'm going to make this really like, I'm going to throw out a really simple, uh, um, is analogy the right word, uh, for us, uh, fat kids. Uh, if you, you can, you can heat up pizza rolls in the microwave or (laughs) you can heat them up in the oven or Uh you can heat them up in the air fryer and you you can get them all to the same temperature, but getting it to the same, but the process of getting it to that temperature is very, very different. Uh, that's an
1: awesome analogy i like it there and
0: (laughs) it's going to resonate with all the all the food addicts like me so anyway yeah continue (laughs) the heat heat treatment isn't just isn't just getting to a a set rockwell hardness it's the process of getting correct of of getting there the drive
1: that that is correct yeah so so that that is that that brings it to the next step right so once you get it to sharpness it stays sharp you know even if you know it's it's the way you got it to that Rockwell hardness and how you heat treat it because you can you can heat treat them the same way and they can become brittle if you don't if you know if you cryogenically freeze them blah 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 the oil quench them air quench them depending on what's needed um, mm-hmm. we, uh, you know we just we heat treated it right um, you know we just we we got it right um, so we found that we're, so we're heat treating the, the the S7 at 57 Rockwell that's our benchmark right so wow when you heat that's, treat, on the softer, yeah, when you,
0: that's on the softer end of the working working side of S7 isn't it it is it,
1: it, hmm. it well um no that's pretty much the standard 56 okay. to 58 is kind of the standard now gotcha. it can be okay. taken to 62 but I was going to say, I've seen in some 60s, in the '60s. Yeah, yeah. You can, but again, what's the application, right? What are you trying sure, to accomplish yeah,
2: here? Right, we're not
1: trying right. to cut steel with this thing, right? We're not putting, we're not making press dies. We're trying to punch out steel and cut steel. Sure, we're, sure. we're killing animals, right? Um, so, um, but the way we heat treated it to the '57, it, it's it's functioning just like an '01 and a2 at sixty Rockwell. So it's holding the edge retention. Like a yeah. 60 because it's an impact uh, resistant steel. It's a little bit sure. different of a, of a tool steel than your typical tool steels, right? This is right. a, this is an impact tool steel. It's a little bit different shock resistant. That's what the S is for shock resistant tool steel. So it can <laughs> handle loads differently than other tool steels under this, you know, under the, the set Rockwell, if that makes sense. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. I explained that well. So And also, again, I'm going back to the resharpening part of this whole thing. We didn't want to make it too hard so that guys can't resharpen these. Because you're going to spend $100 on a pack of broadheads and you pass through (laughs) an animal. And and listen, I'm here to tell you, dirt is the the worst on broadheads. So, you know, listen, these these broadheads are going to pass through animals. Okay. My original broadheads pass through animals. You know, Iron Wheels pass through animals. Uh, You know, Velcreese pass through animals. right. When you're digging them out of the dirt two feet deep, uh, trust me, there's going to be some issues, guys. I mean, dirt destroys broadheads. Now, the level of destruction is going to vary, but we want you to be able to bring that broadhead back to sharpness. Okay, so could we have sharpened it to 62 and and sharpened the thing to to a razor-sharp edge and sold it to you? Sure we could have, but... You're going to bitch at me and and email the crap out of me saying you can't resharpen these things. And that's always a big, that's a big factor. So we, we didn't see any reason to go any harder. (laughs) Right, right, right. So we didn't see it. We didn't want to uh, go any harder because we're, we're, we're looking at, at, uh, you know, operator fatigue. We want to make sure Sure. people can resharpen these relatively easy. And uh, which again, brings it back to the 20 degree bevel with incorporating the 20 degree bevel. I'm t- I'm here to tell you pass through an animal, pull it out of the dirt two feet deep, go to your leather strop, and it brings it right back. I mean it's beautiful yeah. how well it brings it right back just by stropping it. I mean it it it's um I I I just think we unleashed the S seven the way it should be for the broader sure. world. I really do. I think we you know we're not going to sit here and tout it that we got it to 60 Rockwell. I don't care what your Rockwell is, did you heat it right? You know what I mean?
0: Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump into talking about the broadhead designs, um, obviously, I mean, S7, you know, like you said, it's, an, it's a shock resistant impact steel. Uh, so yeah. durability, you know, that, that's it's kind of a given, you know, especially if you're machining this out of a single piece. Uh, right. This is this is about as durable, especially your 200 grand model. I think going to be a little freaking tank. Uh, oh, yeah. um, but, yeah. but the machining process I've heard, I've heard once again, secondhand accounts, I've heard that the machining process for S7 is much more rigorous because it's, it's a harder steel. Uh, um, is that, does that is that hold true at all? I guess I, I'm uh, in comparison um, to, to some other steels that, that would be uh, machined out of a single bar stock piece.
1: Yeah, uh, S7 um compared to O1 or you know 41L40 or forty four forty one forty 4140 or you know even A2 and and D2 um yeah it 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 it, look, it machines well it machines very well in an annealed sure. state it definitely does um but it does take a little more um effort because it is a different kind of steel there's a different composite there a different makeup so yeah it does take a little more tooling and with that tooling, you know, with the f- extra effort, you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of tooling involved in these heads because there's, there's, there's design features in these heads that take a little extra tooling. So, mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. know, you know, so, uh, yeah, but it does, it does, Matt, to answer your question, the, to generally answer your question, yeah, it takes a little more effort for the S7.
0: Sure. It sounds like the juice is worth the squeeze. Certainly.
1: It, it is. It is. Especially, I think I, I personally think, especially at the cost point that I'm going to, release these broadheads at i mean i i you know i I just think uh i almost think i'm underselling myself but i I, again i want to make them as affordable as i can and this is about you know the price point we put them at is is uh trust me i mean you know i'm giving you an s7 steel for a hell of a price
0: yeah. Oh, i not to sue a sales I, pitch,
1: but I really am. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: I, I don't, I don't disagree. And we will tell the listeners what the price is at the yeah, end of the episode. Yeah. So you better stay tuned if you're listening. <laughs> uh, so let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about these. The, you've got two types of broadheads that are coming out with the evolution series, uh, uh a two blade. Well, there's
1: technically three. There's, there's technically three styles. Oh,
0: yeah. oh, wait, what? There's three? Well,
1: yeah. There's technically three styles. Yeah. There's, there's, there's three, there's the three blade. You know, Uh which is it varies in weights, uh, which Uh varies in dimensions a little bit. There is the shorter modern style, we'll call it. It does have a name, but I'm not going to release the name of that version. Um, And we also have the the closer to the three to one style, uh, which I did post a picture of a, uh, a few days ago on Instagram. So there's actually three variations of gotcha. the evolution broadheads, I'm really complicating this, guys. So <laughs> we have the classic tough head, right? Which is going to yep. stay. It's, it's it's here, right? That's right. that is what it is. And we have the evolution series. The evolution series uh, consists of three broadheads. It's going to be gotcha. the three blade, the modern single bevel, and the more three-to-one style, but it's more like a a two-and-a-half-to-one style.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So there's actually
1: three different models, which will all have various weights eventually. Right now, I can only afford to bring out two weights, so that's what we're going to do. And then next year, we'll, we'll start implementing different weights under those models.
2: Right, so cool.
1: you know, I'm really complicating so this whole thing. You know, that's my brain okay. Is, that's know.
0: all right. <laughs> that's all right. So let's let's talk about these uh, the the two blade uh, uh, versions that you've got first. The modern yeah. versions, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. So what what weights are you are you bringing that broadhead out in?
1: Oh, okay, so so the modern shorter stockier broadhead is, is coming out as a 200 grain this year.
0: Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. so it it is
1: a 200 grain because because we feel with Feedback from the market, feedback from shooters, and and, and, uh, you know, testing from last year, and and, uh, marketing feedback. The 200 grain is kind of where the compound market is going. Um, You know, 100 grain insert, 200 grain broadhead. It tunes phenomenal on compound bows. I mean, most people can get in the tune perfectly well. So you've got a nice substantial insert, and you've got a 200 grain broadhead. So we we focused the shorter, stockier, modern-style broadhead on 200 grains. So mm-hmm. that one is going to be 200 grains this year. Um, gotcha. We do have drawings for 250, which will be slightly wider. So that'll probably be considered the wide cut. And then we're going to have a 150. And I'm hoping to launch those two next year. So cool. hopefully if sales go well enough, we'll be able to fund it for you know more broadheads for next year.
0: There you go. Garrett, you yeah. were going to say something?
1: Oh, no. That,
3: that was just said nice.
0: Oh, you're just being excited over there. Uh, so, and, and so do, do all of the single bevels, are they all running the 20 degree, uh, beveling on, on those? Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. We
1: found that it works with all, Yeah. I mean, I wish I could do the, the three to one style as a 20 degree, but there's no benefit to do it. So, uh, yeah, but they're all gonna be the twenty degree bevel. Yeah.
0: Sure, sure. Cool. What's the uh what's the cutting width on this
1: two hundred grand model? Okay, the two the, the cutting width on a two hundred grain is one point one eight seven five, which is one and three sixteenths, which is in between an gotcha. inch and an eighth and inch and a quarter.
0: Good. That's very yes, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a very substantial amount. There's there's a lot of people yeah. who don't who who once I think once you cross that cross or hit that one and a quarter inch. Threshold, yeah. you're 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 kind of treading into a wide cut territory at that point. For right, a
1: and lid. so we're going to save that for the two fifty. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, the two fifty will be over an inch and a quarter. Now we're still oh. kind of on the drawing board again with that one. So we thought we'd save the wider cut for the two fifty line.
0: Over an inch and a quarter, you say?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The two fifty will be over an inch and a quarter. Yeah. Oh, oh my. <laughs> yeah. I really uh. like that inch and 516th measurement. Uh, I've had a lot of good. Re- so we'll step back real quick. I had That's a, a good prototype number. made. There, yeah, I had a prototype made, Rob. It was inch and five sixteenths. Uh It was two inches long. And, dude, it just, there was something about that broadhead. It, everything worked. I mean, it was, but I couldn't get it to 200 grains without mm. thinning out the blade yeah. and everything like that. So I thought I'd save that one for 250. And work on the 200 grain. So 200 grain was a very mm-hmm. that weight was driving a lot of this. So you know yeah. there will be a uh, really really nice broadhead coming out. Rob, yeah, that, that inch and in five. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, so you can classify that as the wide cut, really, because I don't really. When you start getting too wide, then you lose you lose your angle of attack or increase your angle of attack, however you want to call it, uh, and you have a huge deflection uh, issue uh on, on off angled shots and I, I I to me it's a liability. You know what I mean? So I want to push the boundaries of a wide wide cut, but I don't know if I'm gonna go, you know, balls to the walls, two inch wide cut broadheads. I mean, I just don't see the point of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh do you by any chance off the top of your head know what the mechanical advantage works out to be on that two hundred grain?
1: I'm not going to lie. I didn't run to run to numbers because I know it's sure, not be very high. It's not going to be high. It's not going mean, to be like my three to one. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, I guess in comparison to that, everything's kind of low. But I mean, don't I mean, don't sell yourself short, Jason. Like, I mean, if you have a two blade that isn't like a crazy wide cut, the mechanical advantage on them compared to basically anything else is pretty substantial. Uh, right, it, it's, it's, it'll be pretty good. So maybe I'll, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll figure it up once we've, uh, once we wrap this up and I'll put it in the show notes and,
1: and yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Oh, it honestly, there. I never ran it. I, I, I didn't think it would matter as far as a, uh, you know, as far as a description for the broad end. Sure. I didn't think it would matter, but, but, sure. you know, this was, um, you know, we took into consideration, uh, you know, cause Troy had Troy Fowler, you know, everybody knows ranch fair. I know you guys know, him, but. You know he, he's a big advocate of of um, uh, what is that the black hornet uh, um, Magnus makes oh, it a black Magnus, yeah, and it's yeah. it is a short little stocky sucker. And, but what's what's weird about it is it just works. The damn thing works. It, it, it kills animals. It doesn't deflect really well. So we kind of looked at that, you know, and, and, and put a twist on it, and, and ended up coming up with this broadhead. So I know it works. I'm not worried about yeah. penetration. I'm not worried about deflection with this head. Um, yeah. Again angles you know the perimeter angles along with the 30- 20 degree bevel it, it all works it's just working yeah. really well
0: what's the yeah. what's the blade thickness on that 200 grain? do you know
1: uh, yeah it's seventy thousand thick wow yeah okay yeah <laughs> yeah again structural integrity tough head Alrighty. tough head toughness i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sacrifice blade thickness however when it gets too thick you start uh um decreasing your penetration we found that sure. you know when you yeah. get above eighty thousand thick, you start to have issues, guys. You do.
4: Yeah, and that's I mean, you're you're creating an additional lever and plane. Yes. Yes. I mean that that's just yes. what it is. So it's like the thicker that you yes. get, now you've got to taper it more, but yep. now that's playing into your efficiencies. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it right. it all compounds right. on itself. Right, right.
1: But you yeah. know, by be- we were able to run seventy thousand stick because I had yep. to to run a twenty degree bevel. I needed that extra mass there to run a twenty degree bevel. Again, something people don't see in the broadhead design, but that had to be implemented. You know what I mean? So we had to yeah. run it up to a seventy thousand stick, which I'm not I'm not mad about. You know what I mean? I'm glad it's right. seventy thousand stick, but we need that extra material there to make a twenty degree bevel work.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, let, let's so trust talk me. About-
1: I, I have I have driven this little broadhead into so many things, and <laughs> at the end of the day, I screwed up the tip just a little bit, and really a little foul work, and I brought it right back. And I mean, I'm talking stuff that you're never going to do. Um, <laughs> this little sucker, it, it, really, it, it's it, it's it's a force to be reckoned with. This little broadhead. I, I'm pretty yeah. impressed with it. I can't wait to kill those second season with it.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about its big brother, and then we'll and then we'll kind of wrap up yeah. the two blade design with some of the yeah. some of the features that these two share. So you've got a, a larger version that is yes. three hundred grains, is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, so, so this one is the the bigger brother, right? It's it it, it it's more of the sleeker, longer. It wanted to resemble a three to one, um, but mm-hmm. I didn't want it to compete with our original broadhead, right? Which is a three to one. So we. Sure. What I kind of did here was uh, anybody that knows me personally and hunts with me knows I am a 300 grain broadhead guy. That's what I hunt with. So this is kind of my broadhead. Um, and that's why I brought out 300 grains. Uh, it's my broadhead. It's what I wanted. This is what I'm going to hunt with all year. Um, so this is the, it's, it's more like a two and a half to one. Um, so it has a high, me- higher mechanical advantage, 20 gotcha. degree bevel. It has an inch and an eighth cutting diameter. Or cutting, okay. Um, and it's a 74.5 uh, whatever thousand. So it's almost seventy-five thousand thick. Uh, mm, so it is, um, thinker, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a little thicker. It's a little more stouter. I mean, this is something you're going to want to take on your moose hunt, your your cape buffalo hunt. Your you know, hogs be fantastic on hogs. Um, yeah, yeah, you know the other one be good for any kind of deer species. You know, elk and below.
0: Yeah. No, that's, uh, that, that's, it's interesting that you went with, uh, a slightly smaller diameter there. What was the, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're shooting for a penetration. Is it, was that kind yes. of just the main, the, the main thought the, yeah, process had, there?
1: Yeah, this head, I wanted to kind of split the difference between the little guy and the big guy, right? The 315 or something that I already sell. I wanted right. this one to add a little extra cutting diameter, cutting width, um, You know, I I wanted to keep the mechanical advantage a little higher. Uh, Again, I didn't run a numbers because I know it's not what my original one was, but um, uh, it's just the head I wanted. This is just from things I've killed, reports I've seen, studies I've seen, field reports of kills, autopsies. I just think this is a lethal, penetrating head if you want a one-piece monolithic style. Yeah. Um, I could. I I, the problem is I I couldn't stretch it any longer because when you machine a broadhead, you have stability issues in the machining process. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, so this is about as long as I can make this sucker at this thickness and keep it under three hundred grains. So I am pushing the limit of what the machining process can do with this broadhead. Um, In order to make a three into one, it would be a 100,000 thick and probably 600 grains. You know, and nobody it. really there's Do no it. market for that. Do here. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and listen, I'm not saying I won't maybe make a limited run eventually, you know, I mean when when things are moving, but uh I I need to make a marketable head and this sure. is what I want and this is you know, this is kind of my WoJo signature head is what I call yeah. this one. Uh yeah.
0: yeah. No, man, it looks it looks great. It Looks like a a hell of a broadhead thing. It's going to be an absolute tank. Now you yeah. you you said, and I know the with the magic of podcasting, it may have it may have gone by. Uh, uh and I'll edit this part out if if uh, if you say no. So that's fine. Um, you said you didn't want to say the name yet, but this through through the magic of podcasting and post production editing, this is going to be dropped on the day the pre orders are available. Are you going to Correct. announce the name that day? No. Okay, gotcha. No, then, no. Then, I will not, then, no, then we will no, listen, not have you, the name here.
1: No, so whenever everyone goes to the website, which actually the day after Christmas, I'm going to have all the information mm-hmm. of all the broadhead designs on the website with a small picture of the bead blasted, you know, the, the blasted heads. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be a description of them all. There'll be dimensions. There'll be a picture. Um, the actual names of the broadhead lines will not be released until the new website is done uh, we're actually, I mean, I'm i am doing a whole new website and everything for this. Um, so in the spring of 2021, there'll be an official launch of everything, new website, new, the two new lines, you know, the classic and the evolution. Um, there'll be tons of information just like the original website has. And then, then, then you'll be able to see under the evolution series, you have XYZ, you have ABC and you have the three blade. So, and then we'll gotcha. have different names gotcha. for certain reasons. Um, which is in my little head, um, you know, that, took—I believe it or not, woke me up several times trying to figure out what to name these things. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, Evolution (laughs) series wasn't enough for me. I had to take it even further and confuse myself more.
2: Oh,
0: of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We know
1: how that goes.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Just (laughs) the, yeah. And those, like, the ideas always seem to come to you when you're not trying to. Right. Exactly. And if you're like me, it's like you just shoot up, like if you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking, then all of a sudden you're like, that's it you have to shoot yeah. up yeah go write it down and, you, you, and you know it. these
1: names came to me when i was sitting in tree stands scrolling through google or whatever <laughs> right like what's an what's a synonym for you know whatever word right and then all yeah. this stuff would just come and then it's just weird how, how you come up with names for things and they all have a meaning there's a meaning behind these names and why i named these broadheads what they are they yeah you know they they're they're they they, they have an application the name applies to what the style is and why it was named that. So, and it's, trust me, I'm probably hyped it up more than it needs to be, but um, <laughs> it, it's pretty cool. I, mean, I just want to guys like names, right? You want to, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. I like it. I'm pretty sure all, all of my like good ideas live underneath my pillow because it's always <laughs> yeah. when I'm in bed and I like flip my pillow over to get it to the cool side again. It's like, Oh yeah, that would, that'd be a good idea. And I should write it down, <laughs> yeah. but I'm already comfortable and trying to go to sleep. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to. But uh, cool. So uh, that that basically wraps up uh, almost every. That, that is that everything on the. Oh no, it's not. Well, the, it's only, not the
1: only the only thing I, I, I do want to throw out there on the on the single bevel designs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, t- a couple things I just want to s- just throw out there on them, just so people know.
0: Um, well, I I have two things that I want to touch on as well. You may you may be okay. about to hit those, but go ahead.
1: Okay, so so number one, they're going to be ceracoted with an eight series ceracoting, which is oh. a little bit stronger than our original yeah. ceracoting. Nice. Um there's a couple reasons why we're doing that, but we are able to do that with this steel. So it is gonna be an eight-series coating. The color has not yet been released to anybody. Uh. Um, I can tell you guys afterwards, but the color will no each one. all they're all gonna be the same color, but um I, I have not released the color. It's a color okay. I wanted on my other broadheads, but I just couldn't do it because it's an eight-series. Okay. Um so it is gonna be coated for protection, for slickness. And we are spending the extra money for coating just like we do on the original puffed. So there's there's an expense there. Um, yes. Again, I'm not holding back on this line. This line is giving you everything, the creme de la creme. So, um, and obviously, you know it has the the the, the, the tail to tip you know, furl design like yep. all our tough heads have. Um, yeah. We so also, your, fa- your
0: ferrule length is, is really, uh, uh, unique at least for, for like a modern broadhead. What, what was the thought process that, that went into that? That was one of the things I wanted to touch on. So I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Well, well right. So, so, you know, obviously when you, when you extend that furl from tip to tail, you know, from tail to tip, it, you know, it, it, it strengthens the tip from curling. I mean, it, it adds extra mass at that very beginning. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so we obviously want to implement that. Um, there's a few ones out there on the market that don't have that um, so they thicken the steel and again it it inhibits penetration um, and we also incorporated the tough head, which actually is patent pending now um, I was able to to apply for a patent for this. We're going with the 350 the 350 furl uh, however you want to call it the beginning where it, where it matches up with the arrow the, the end of the furl mm-hmm. right, The the thicker part is a 350. And then it tapers, obviously, to the tail. Then we have a chamfer at the end that goes to a 310. So the reason why we did that was that's what our original tough head is. And we wanted to increase that wound channel opening when the S pattern starts. And it does do that. So when that enters into to a, the wound cavity and starts to twist, that larger diameter does rip open the hole more, which creates it – or prevents it from sealing right so when you have a slit it wants to seal right away right you've all cut yourself with a razor and eventually mm-hmm. you'd hold it close and it, it seals right so um we we have found that I means everything we've ever tested that, that that larger furrow opening uh when the s pattern starts it does help so i always like to say it kind of acts as a bleeder blade bleeder blade like a four blade would have so it actually opens it up and keeps it open um, so that's incorporated yeah. into these designs as well and what that also does Again, for the crossbow guys, that matches up beautifully with any crossbow bolt on the market. So now you can screw that does. thing on the end of your crossbow bolt. Yeah, and it, it you can look right down the, from the pointed arrow, look right down your shaft, and you can't see the arrow shaft of your crossbow bolt. So now you just took a lot of resistance off your crossbow bolt. So now we just increased your penetration on a crossbow bolt. And hmm. it tapers down with 310, which you all know, lines up with any outsert, insert or any kind of adapter on the market so you know which 310 is your standard opening or or, um adapter right it's 310 which is 516 so um there's a slight chamfer which everything lines up very cleanly again back to the tooling right matt there's extra tooling right there so we had a lot of extra tooling involved there so um I just want to make that point clear. You know, I mean, you can't see that in a picture, right? You don't see that, but there is, there is the uh, the additional uh, extra large furl opening, which uh, I'm happy to say is patent pending right now. So hopefully it yeah. all goes through and cool. uh, we can actually patent that design. Um,
0: That's awesome. And then of That's course, awesome.
1: of course the standard stuff, they're all spin tested and we are hand dropping every single one of these when they come back and, all that good stuff. So
0: nice. And I guess the last thing on the two blades I wanted to touch on is your tip design. It looks like you did, yeah. uh, some type of tanto tip there again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we went with it. We went with the four way tanto tip just like our original is. Um, so yeah, it does have the four way tanto tip, which definitely aids in that, that cut on contact penetration. When the first thing hits that animal, you know, it, 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 it helps with the penetration. So, um, cool. we tried a couple different tip designs, but you know, it works on our original head. I didn't want to change it. So we, we sure. just kept that four weight Tanto. It, it works with, with the single bevel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. All right. So that's the, that's basically, uh, everything I have for the two blades. So let's talk about these three blades for a minute.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. you've got, uh, a couple of different weights available here, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So again, uh, to match with the single bevels, we're, we're going to do a 200 grain and a 300 grain. So that way, you know if you if you, you can't choose what you want you can get both you can match you know get some fuel points tune it for 200 grain and you can get your two three blade for you know for whitetails or whatever and get your three blade you know your, your single bevel for you know, your elk hunt or something so we thought we'd keep those two to match the two single bevels we're bringing out so that you know you mm-hmm. can tune with one fuel point and have a couple options there um so uh, yeah, if you want me to dive into that,
0: um, yeah, you know, I, can, I mean, I, I, right I I'll be honest, I've never the only three blades I've I've owned were were from Valkyrie and and those were proprietary and so the, and a very unique three blade design. So I won't I won't yeah. pretend to know. You know, the, the three blade is is uh, it, I don't think anyone would have been shocked if Tuff, if Tough had come out with with a two blade, but the fact that you're coming out with a three blade is very yeah. very off the beaten yeah. path. So I'll, I'll let you kind of. Walk through. I I don't. I don't even know what to ask on the three blades. I'll let you kind of walk (laughs) through it and explain what you want because uh, these these look like some some monsters as well. And I've talked to some a couple of guys who who have been using them for uh, prototype testing stuff, and and all of them have. Have basically said like, yeah, I'm gonna be shooting a three blade now. So I think what you what you yeah. have here yeah. might be might be something really really special.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, by looking at them, you know, you lay a bunch of three blades together, guys. Unless you have a Valkyrie laying there, they're all gonna look pretty much the same, right? I mean, right. Uh, uh you know, Valkyrie's got an awesome design. Uh, you know, if you're a Valkyrie guy, great. You know, the, the, I, I bought some to, to look at them. So, um, what drove this was, like I said at the beginning. I was getting emails for two years, uh, just, you know, you're going to come out the three blade, you, gonna, you know, you uh, know, I never really thought about it. And then this year, uh, believe it or not, this was kind of a fast paced uh, thing here. I'm not going to lie. I, I dove into this three blade, but it consumed me for a few months here. Uh, I mean, I really, really um, was just consumed with three blades. I bought every three blade on the market. i i i I did all kinds of google searches i went on forums and just kind of creeped you know what i mean and and Mm -hmm. wanted to see what would what was happening with these three blades because i'm not a three blade shooter i'm not gonna lie i i have never shot a three blade except a um uh a g5 monotech way back in my 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 compound years which was well over a decade ago
2: um
1: so i don't i don't know much about them so i i dove into it and you know, the main thing a lot of people complained about was, you know, that the tips would curl if they were too long or, you know, penetration, what have you. But, but really a lot of guys, if you were a three blade guy, you were a three blade guy. I mean, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't varying them off the three blade. They were shooting them. So I thought, okay, well, you know, how am I going to make these things better? Um, right. you know, again, you know, tough head toughness, you know, penetration was the number one driving force of this. So the first and foremost uh, thing that, that I looked at when I got every single one of them in my hands was the cutting diameter. Uh, they're all either inch and an eighth, inch and a quarter. And when I say inch and eighth and inch and quarter, it's you know it, it's it's not what the blade length is from from blade to blade. It's it's the you know if you draw a circle in inch and an eighth wide, right, the diameter of it. So right. um, yeah. So what I did was I said, okay, well, okay, there's a simple fix. Let's drop it to one inch. And what that does is when you drop the one inch, you can stretch the blade out a little bit longer, decrease the blade angle, increase penetration, right? You you just increased your mechanical advantage. So boom, Mm -hmm. done. Okay. So that was pretty simple, right? Um, And of course we tested that one inch cutting diameter and um, sure enough, it's out penetrating just about everything out there. Um, The Valkyrie does have a great, a great setup because they taper and then it has that swoop at the end. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk bad on anybody's broadheads at all. They all work great. Um, it's just um, I like the smooth blade design, personally. Sure. So we didn't want to do anything goofy. Uh, so, you know, by shrinking the one-inch cutting diameter, we increased penetration probably by at least 15% um, wow. in, into, you know, we'll call it medium-soft media, right? Like c- passing through a whitetail, for example, sure. right? Um, sure, sure. Um, And then obviously incorporating S7 tool steel in the mix, you just increased the ability of structural integrity. And now we pretty much eliminated any kind of tip curl. I mean, you know, we we with the S7 tool steel, again, it's a jackhammer bit, right? You take a jackhammer and you drive it into concrete. So that's pretty much what we we basically put a jackhammer bit on the end of your arrow, you know, with an S7 tool steel. <laughs> <me> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. um we uh you know so so with incorporating s7 tool steel dropping it down to a one inch cutting diameter um you know it you know it it sounds like it's not a lot but when you when you put three slits in a one inch diameter it it doesn't seal up i'm here to tell you i mean it it stays open Um, in one way it does in one way and of course we all know two holes is better than one right so now you have a one inch slit it's not going to seal up you pass through your deer it, it, it done it's done it's done deal but yeah one thing we of course we did was we brought the, t- the tough head 350 uh, furl opening we incorporated it into the inner rib of the three blade so you know we actually what we did was when I say the inner rib if you look inside you know if you look at the center line of the of the three blade we mm-hmm. we actually raised the inner rib if that makes sense right if you look at a lot of three blades they're pretty flat and they have like a quick little taper back to the arrow and it's done But what we did, we raised that whole inner rib to increase the strength towards the tip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. But what we didn't want to do was, uh, what we didn't want to do was, was cause friction. You know, we didn't want to uh, add more mass there. So what we ended up doing was we started dishing out that inner rib. And what we started doing was we took kind of the technology. I'm using air quotes here that if you look at a lot of the mechanical broadheads on the market, uh, one reason why I strongly feel mechanical broadhead works is because it's cylindrical, but if you ever look at all the tips on a, on mechanical broadhead, right, they'll have this, mm-hmm. this dished spoon technology look to them. Yep. Okay. Well, what I did was I incorporated that into the inner rib. So when you look down the inner rib of the broadhead, um, you'll see it's raised. So it increases the strength from tip to tail from curling. And then we spoon that out towards the end. And what we found was, um, after testing that variation, we found that at high speeds, at long distances, it stabilizes so quick that it's actually grouping with very good mechanical broadheads and field points. Um, Hmm. We actually sent these out to, uh, they'll remain nameless right now. I don't know if they want me to say their names, but um, crossbow shooters that have stacked up lots and lots of games and are Mm -hmm. pretty big in the industry and they're using crossbows that are rated at 500 feet per second ibo and they're shooting these 200 grains out of these broadheads and they are all telling me that they've never had a, a, a fixed blade broadhead shoot better than their mechanicals so you know that we have we 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 entered the world of aerodynamics at this point with these three blades um sure. because what yes. we found with testing the other competitors broadheads and again i don't want to talk bad on them but at high speeds we started noticing that they would they would float they would rise um at short you know short and long distances they would actually group higher than a lot of the fixed blade, two blades, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, field points. They would group mm-hmm. higher and sometimes significantly higher because they would plane. They would cup that air and they would plane. So right. we wanted to take that planing effect out of it by using that, again, air quote, spoon technology yeah, and uh, incorporate that into the inner rim. Yeah, it, it kind of cups it and creates a drag. Um, I, maybe not drag, but it creates a, enough resistance around that where it stabilizes it and uh dude we're super super impressed with it i mean it's things i couldn't replicate them in myself until i got them into the hands of these guys that have prototype crossbows and you know they're they're, they're shooting these things at super high speeds and uh, you know really if you've got a crossbow in your hand the 200 grain is what you want because you're going to be able to be deadly out the 60 yards no problem at all
0: that's oh, awesome yeah yeah so did
1: uh and of course um, we we integrated a, uh we integrated uh you know a, 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 it's not really a tanto tip it's a chisel tip we we tried to tried to uh make the chisel tip as as aggressive as we could to deflect you know to reduce deflection and mm-hmm. uh help split bone you know what i mean um so uh it really wasn't too much we could do with a three blade but i think we did enough to make it better yeah
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, you definitely, especially on the tips, you wanna, you 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 need to that chisel tip style ish design is is almost yeah. necessary. I mean, it is necessary yes. if you wanna if yes. you wanna protect the front end of that, just because there's there's not a ton of meat there. So, right. yeah, I don't I don't blame you even a little bit for for doing that. Um. So I, I'm I'm looking at a a, a picture here of them. Uh, I wish I had a side profile do. So if, if I'm looking at it from the side, uh, um, does that rear blade, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, do, when you get to the peak of the, of the blade, if you're looking at it from the side, does it go straight down or does it go no. further back diagonally? No. It
1: ha- it has a radius that, all, so all, the all these lines have a signature radius at the rear. It's a 15 degree radius that comes around. Gotcha. Um. There's a few reasons why we did that um, uh, I wish I could say it had more flight characteristics but we just wanted to put a signature to it so it did separate itself visually from other broadheads, sure. but sure. it does actually help pulling it out of a target I'm not gonna lie sure I don't, yeah, I'm that not makes a big sense. fan of putting yeah I'm not a, a fan of putting a rear bevel on the bullet broadheads um, uh, I'm just not a fan of it for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, you know, as you can see on, you know, even our tough head originals, we don't have a, a back bevel. I guess if that's what you want to call it. Um, sure. You know, the only thing that really does to me is it makes it easy to pull out of a target. Um, so we wanted to, we just put a little radius on the back to help it. Gives a little signature look, and it uh, it does help it pull out of a target. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's def- really, definitely, because really our you a... are going to pin it pass through. So you don't need to worry about it back, back, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Well, it's definitely, uh, that, that three blade looks, especially the 300, whew, man, that looks like a, yeah, quite you the, know what, quite um, the head.
1: yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I, I never, I, this is the first year I ever hunted with a three blade and I took my, my PA buck with it and I was, uh, uh i'm not gonna lie i had some doubts um you know i'm shooting a 47 pine recurve you know it's a super Mm -hmm. recurve so it's a little more efficient um 630 grain arrow you know i know a two blade done it's a done deal right a done deal no problem um but you know you just look at this there's just so much more mass there right there's just so many more objects cutting through an animal and i just i i didn't know what was going to happen and it 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 passed through like you know, knife, knife and hot, a hot knife and butter. I mean, it just went right through. And when I did that and killed my buck, you know, not the, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I mean, it just, um, it performed awesome. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm kind of sold. It's going to be on my arrow. This and the, and the 300 grand single bevel. they're both going to be in my quiver this year. So uh, I mean, I'm, one, uh, I'm sold on it. I am. Which one do you think you're going to
0: moose? Which one do you think you're going to moose hunt with three blade or the two blade?
1: Well, you know what, if I was going with the compound, or, or the Oneida, I'd probably would try it with the three blade, but, um, mm-hmm. since I'm probably going to do it with the recurve, uh, well, not probably, I am going to do it with the recurve. It's going to be the, the, the single bevel.
0: Sure. So is that kind of, I mean, just maybe to try and answer some questions for, uh, for what people might be thinking is your general recommendation going to be, if you're shooting, traditional tackle then you're going to recommend a two blade but if you're shooting a compound and you've got a decent amount of horsepower behind that then then you can probably get away with a three blade version
1: um I guess if you want to generalize it I'm going to say it depends on what poundage you're shooting to be honest sure. with you um there, there's no question about it I mean uh a three blade broadhead it takes it, it takes a little more effort to in you know to start the penetration There you know there's a Push force test, which I know uh, um, there, there's lots of talks about push force testing. So the three blade definitely takes more force to enter into an animal. So, sure. you know, you got to take that into consideration. Does it have its place? Absolutely, it does. Um, so I guess generalization wise, yeah, I would say, you, you know, as far as traditional gear, you, you should probably look at three, uh, uh, a single bevel, two blade. Before you look at the three, the three blade. I mean, unless you're pushing, you know, high efficient, high forties, fifty pounds, sixty pounds, then 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 sure. I mean, but if you you've been a three blade guy for years and you're you're happy with it, then I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you no. I mean, you know, but I think generally, sure. I, I think single bevel two blades are are definitely the right avenue for traditional hunters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a fair analysis. So, um, um, is there anything else with the three blade, uh, that we, that we didn't touch on that you think would be, be worthy of talking about?
1: Um, not really. I mean, you know, a three blades, pretty much a three blade. It's just, we incorporated a couple of our, our, you know, tough head attributes into it as far as toughness and, uh, the, the, the diameter, um, you know, we, we, again, we didn't want to sacrifice uh, blade thickness. Um, if you compare ours to a lot of other companies in the same general weight range, I mean, we're going to, you're going to find our blade thickness is thicker. The 300 is 50 thousandths and the, uh, two, the 200 is 40, 000, 42 thousandths thick. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. pretty substantial for a three blade. It's pretty substantial.
0: Our, uh, that was one, one thing. I'm glad you brought that up that I forgot to ask is uh, sharpening. Um it, I'm assuming that yeah. these are ground in a way where you can just put it flat on a stone or yep. put it on a wheel yep. or something like that and it'll and yeah, you'll just run it absolutely. that way to sharpen it up. Cool.
1: Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Again, you know, going back, re sharpenability, resharpability is very important. One thing I will mention, and there will be videos on this, is for some strange reason you when you sharpen these, you have to pull them towards you. I know hmm. it sounds weird. Uh yeah, and I'm gonna do videos on it, uh, Troy's gonna do a video on it. Um, there's just something weird about the design and the steel. Maybe uh, we found that it just sharpens easier by pulling it back towards you. Um, so I, and I can't. I don't really know why right now, but um, but it does sharpen just like any other three blade.
3: That's how my Valkyries and then my three blade cutthroats are too. Though, like you try to push them away from you to sharpen them, they yeah. don't sharpen for shit. But if you pull them towards you, they're yeah, it's weird, sharp as hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't understand why. You would think it. What's the difference? You're holding it at the same angle, right. but for some reason, pulling it back towards you, uh, you just you know. Now, now I will say you you know because this isn't a single bevel, so there's a steeper angle right on the blade. So you do have right. to apply a little bit of pressure with this S seven, but it's not. It's not uh, you know. Uh, it's Don't not need that to
0: lean different. on it. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: but you want to apply some pressure. And, and I'm again, I'm going to do videos. And I'm going to really put a lot of effort into YouTube this year, so mm-hmm. um, we're going to do a lot of videos on resharpening and you know stuff like that. So uh, that that's going to come in in the near future. Sure. So okay. uh, I guess I see, go ahead, Garrett.
3: The only thing I see that's different with yours that like might throw me for a loop on sharpening it is the very tip, how it does go into that chisel point. Cause it's like all the like the the Valkyrie and the uh, cutthroats are both, I guess. Yeah, they come to a point. They just yeah, come they're like it. technically yeah. a needle point versus a chisel point, but
1: correct. Normally, yeah, when with, I
3: sharpen uh, them, I kind of turn them into a chisel point on either on accident or you, on purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you probably could do it with this too if you really wanted to. Our chisel point is not that aggressive. Um, no, it's, it's as not. aggressive as we could make it, but. Uh, yeah. So what do I recommend uh, just real quick is, you know, obviously sharpen the main blade right. and then really if you just take and you just kind of feel that front tip and just work it a little bit by hand, Yeah, you know, it, it is such a fine tip. It, it's very easy to bring right back. So right. I, I, I feel what you're saying, Garrett, but I, I think you'd find uh, yeah, um it's, there, it's not that big of a deal.
3: Right. Yeah. There's just a little, just a little tiny step that you can see the difference in it, but yeah, just yeah doing yeah. that part by hand would be totally fine. Cause I, I've got, yeah, the, yeah. I've just got the sharpening wheel kit cause I'm lazy. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just run it on there real quick, flip it all, hit all sides and good to go. Right, yeah. right, right.
4: When right. That's, that's right. typically what I do with any head that has a secondary tip bevel yeah. is I'll, I'll work the main bevel yes. and then once I'm done, then I'm going to tip and touch, you know, clean the tip as needed and then you're done.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, these tips, you know, these obviously all go to, a, to an aggressive tip at some point. You know, the, the tip the tip is important, but, you know, it, it's made to just, just pierce and get in there. And then what, you know, we're talking this, these tips are so minute, even on a big three, a, a single bevel, even though it's a 30 degree tanto. Once that just punches into that, that media of whatever you're, you're, you're entering, once that, that single bevel grabs a hold or the three blade main blades grab a hold, that tip isn't really doing too much until it impacts bone. Oh yeah, no, it just slips And then you don't need sharpness per se when you're impacting bone. You just need that design to split that bone.
3: Yeah, you need it to not bend so all your energy keeps Correct. going. Correct. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is that is good. I mean that's I do like the chisel tip for that because yeah, I've had a couple instances where I've either yeah, you, know, you hit something hard, and just the very tip will roll. It's like, well, yeah, I don't like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I know I heard you mention on uh, Green Mountain Trad Lab. No, sorry, not Trad Lab. Green the Green Mountain
1: Tradcast.
0: Tradcast. Tradcast. Uh, yeah, that you are thinking about or looking into updating the classic series with a, like an updated steel and, and, and s- slimming down the, the, uh, choices and weights. Has that happened yet or no
1: Well, it's in the process. Uh, we wanted okay. to do it last year, but because of COVID I had some issues, um, which doesn't really matter to you guys right now, but, um, uh, we have a, I'm going to call it a proprietary steel, which is still no one really uses. Um, we, we tweak the blend a little bit. And what I'm trying to do is take the qualities of the meathead and take the qualities of the 225, because those are our two biggest sellers uh, as far as toughhead classics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why are people using these two broadheads in particular? Uh, the 225, mainly because it's stainless steel. So you have a very high corrosive, you know, anti-corrosiveness. And right. the weight is relatively low, right? It's not a 300 grain in uh, the, the, the one ninety. because the weight is relatively low and carbon steel is very easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they both have a flaw at some point. Okay. Uh, so what I'm trying to do, well, when I say flaw, I did, I mean, you know, I don't mean a flaw as in design or anything, but you know, the steel has a, has a, a reason why someone's not using one or the other.
2: Sure. Um, yeah. So
1: what I, what I tried to do was take the, the uh, why people like the, the meat head and why people like the 225 and I'm putting it together. So we have a steel we're working with and see the biggest thing with the original tough head is you know I stamp and press these so there's only so many steels I can use that anneal soft enough for me to be able to press and stamp. So th- it really handicaps me, which is why we went into the monolithic style of manufacturing for the new line. sure so this the steel we're, we're using has a very high carbon content. Uh, it, it hits the minimum requirement for, uh, being considered a stainless mm. and we took some of the carbides out that make the manufacturing a little difficult on my end, um, which I kind of feel, are maybe the, um, the handicaps of using stainless stainless. Isn't really the answer. Uh, stainless is a great product, but there, stainless has a lot of, um, uh, Qualities that—that's why a lot of people use carbon steel because it—it's—it is—it's uh, easier to maintain. It, it holds an edge very well. Stainless can be very finicky. So we tried to basically make a carbon steel that's stainless, and that we found one. We, we found a blend that works. It stamps. It's actually welding very beautifully right now. Um, we're going to go into the brazing process very shortly, um, and we're going to offer. Once I get the heat treat down to where it needs to be, and, and I'm liking what I'm seeing, we're going to. Uh, make it available to our field staff uh, and then we're going to make it available to the customers this year uh, to let them basically tell me what they think um, and if the sales are good and the feedback is good from the field staff and the customer base, it might actually eliminate the 190 and the 225 and basically create a 200 grain stainless steel carbon steel uh, broadhead. Gotcha. If that gotcha. if that was too much information, I apologize. But no, no, that's <laughs> yeah, that was fine. pretty much no, it. Yeah,
2: that, that's no, all that's good.
0: That, that's cool. And and so you're gonna you're that that's gonna try and roll out either later, like later this year, like probably Q3, Q4, or the beginning of next year. You're thinking?
1: No, no. I, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we're actually welding that one now as well. So uh, I'll oh, be okay. treating oh. that at the beginning of the year. Uh, that takes a little bit of time. You know, I got to do different sure. heat treats and different quenchings and you know stuff like that to get it right um this steel can be heat treated a little bit harder, um, which will again in- increase the structural integrity, should increase edge retention. Um, but again, I don't want to over harden it. I don't want brittleness and I want to be able to be resharpened relatively easy to the customer. So I have some work to do on my end as far as R&;D before I bring it to market, but I intend to bring it out you know, beginning a second quarter, maybe, or, or third quarter, you know, maybe summertime, hopefully. Um, I hope to get to my field staff shooters and the guys that were, were, are really requesting it, um, before bear season. So I can get some testing on bear, bear this year.
0: Gotcha. Cool. That'd be good. Well, that, yeah. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Get, get that going. Um, yeah. yeah. So there was one last thing, one last question I did have for your S seven stuff. Um, what if any, uh, uh, corrosion resistance uh like process should should people be taking if they're if they're buying that do they need to coat it in like a mineral oil or anything like that that'll it'll help protect it or is it going to be good to go how it is
1: it's going to be pretty much good to go how it is Um, one big thing with tall steel or any carbon steel for that matter um is to keep your edge at a mirrored, mirrored polished finish when you have a mirrored polished finish you really brought out um, A nice protective coating so stropping these heads are going to be very important for maintenance. Okay um, As far as any kind of treatments we, we actually I'm, I'm exploring some options as far as uh, offering some um, protective oils uh, there's some pastes out there that maybe you could put on there. If you're going to be in the field for, you know, a week, two weeks, uh, hunting elk or something, um, that you might want to treat it with. But I, under normal conditions, um, it's not going to be any different than, you know, iron Will or anyone like that. They're using, you know, they're doing the same thing and they don't even coat their heads. So, uh, there's not too many complaints with that. Um, our steel is going to be pretty similar. So, um, at the very beginning, you shouldn't really have to worry about it too much. Um. But gotcha. we are working on trying to offer some kind of treatment, paste, or oil to apply to it if you're going to be out in the field for a long duration.
3: Cool. The, but yeah. Just don't be
1: stupid about it, right? I mean, if it's raining and you get home, sure. pull your broadheads out and just wipe them off. It's as it's, it's simple as that, really.
4: Yeah, know? yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah, saying? always here? the biggest thing. Uh, yeah, right.
1: Just don't let them sit in your quiver soaking wet. I mean, I don't right. care if it's sta- – <laughs> you're going to get surface <laughs> rust on stainless that, that yeah. way, you know? Yeah, yep. And the only thing we found, Matt, uh, uh, is, is, you know, I obviously I took the steel, we treated it, I polished it, I left it outside, right? So, like, if you left the I've brush, had, I've had S7 sitting outside for weeks, and the most I got on it was some surface rust that, with a couple scrapes on sandpaper, came right off. So, it's gotcha. nothing to be concerned about.
0: Gotcha. That's but again, it
1: all comes back to the proper heat treat.
0: Sure, yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. What are you gonna say, Garrett?
3: Uh, for the strapping, do you use a specific like paste or anything for the
1: strap? So what I what I my preferred method is with the uh, like the paddle strap, the wooden paddle strap, um, and then with a the real light dusting of uh, aluminum oxide, and then hmm. work work that bevel, you know, work it against the bevel, and that that really polishes that up and gets that thing razor sharp. And by putting that polish on there, and that mirrored finish, it also helps. It, you know, aids in, uh, in rust resistance and everything too. Sure. Sure. Did you say wood? Yeah. So I, I was selling them for a while and then I lost my source. They're like a, uh, 14 inch wood paddle with, uh, they're about two inches wide, 14 inches long. It's got a handle, uh, two sided and it has, um, smooth leather on one side, uh, um, a suede on the other side, a type of suede on gotcha. the other side and uh gotcha yeah and and you can you know you can hold them in by the handle and you, it, it helps you, you can really you can really kind of to me you can feel the bevel better and you can really get some force down on it too instead of it being sure. flat you can kind of you know hold it at an angle and, and it helps you feel that angle a little bit better too so yeah. i did source new paddles for this year too so i'll be stocking them on the website
0: cool cool good deal good to hear well,, uh, I know um, we, we've talked quite a bit about about your products uh, and and this um, if people have listened this far, um, uh, this this will be releasing on January 1st on New Year's Day, which is when you will be doing the pre-manufacturing sale uh, that, that you're that you're going to be launching these broadheads with. Tell people a little bit about uh, the the price of what these broadheads are going to be at. Uh, what the pre-manufacturing sale looks like and where they need to go to do that.
1: Right. So, so the retail price is one hundred five ninety-five, and that's for a three-pack, and that's for any any one of the Evolution series. So, there. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of took the the average of each one of them because some of them had a little more machine time, some didn't. So we just averaged it out to make it easy for everybody. So gotcha. they're one hundred five ninety-five for a three-pack. Um, what the pre-manufacturing sale is. Uh, it, it's new to us too we're, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of trying this this year mm-hmm. so everybody we're from January 1st to the 17th so for two full weeks we're going to open up a sale so you'll be able to go on the website log in see, see the product you want to buy and purchase however many packs you want and then from that point you'll close out your purchase and then your, your actual order goes into our manufacturing uh, line so the, the, the goal here is everybody that purchased on the pre-manufacturing sale, mm-hmm. their items get done first and get shipped first well before we actually launch an inventory on our website, the product. So gotcha. there will be, you know, kind of a first come first serve kind of thing. Um, so we're doing that with the Evolution Series as well as the 265 and the 315 uh, Classics. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so cool. I mean it's it's pretty simple. I mean it's similar to like what I guess what a back order would be, you know what I mean? So it's almost like a yeah. back order purchase, although you know, we're taking those and adding them into our manufacturing so that it doesn't take away from our manufacturer our, our inventory stock that we're gonna stock. Sure. So we have sure. you know X amount of money going in inventory, that's not gonna change. We're just gonna add everybody's orders into that so that there's On no of you know, it'll it'll kinda help with um uh, you know, if the demand increases through the year, it'll help with keeping things in inventory as well. Sure. Yeah,
0: no, that'll, that'll be really helpful. And, and if it works, but
1: we're going to do it again next year. You know, this is kind of the trial mm-hmm. period this year. I mean, it's it's new for us, so we're going to give it a try. And, you know, I, I don't see why it wouldn't work. Um, you know, we're anticipating delivery for the pre-sale end of winter. Um, yeah. Could be sooner. No, I, I,
0: yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I mean, as, uh, uh somebody who has uh worked in a space where uh inventory is has been always been an issue. The more the more pre you can you can get, the better. Uh what uh did you did you give a date on uh, on when you're expecting those pre-sales to start
1: trickling out? I, I don't have a fixed date right now because um, okay. to be honest with you, uh as far as the monolithic and you know, the CNC, you know, this mm-hmm. is our first production go at this. So Um, I know how long it's going to take. At least we have a good idea. I just don't Mm -hmm. want to stick my foot in my mouth and and give a date for first delivery. I'm just basically saying, you know, we're going to ship out, uh, you know, around the end of winter. So give or take, you know, a couple weeks maybe. But um, I I have a feeling it's going to be sooner, Matt, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give a date on anything. Sure. So so my main intention was to get, get heads out for spring bear, spring turkey, you know what I mean? In enough yeah. time for guys to shoot them, tune their their systems and stuff like that.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, that that sounds great. Is if if they can be here before spring, I think people will be very very happy. Um, yeah, perfect. That's great. Where where should people be going to do that pre order?
1: So right on our website we we, we loaded in the uh, we loaded in the product into the uh, our store. So you'll be able to just like mm-hmm. you're purchasing any broadhead, you'll go to that that product, uh, select the one you want and just, just go through the whole purchase just like you would on a normal purchase on our website. Um, right. That's just
0: toughhead.com.
1: Toughhead.com. Right. Yeah. Um One thing I do want to uh, mention, um, we are going to only have the pre-sale items available during that time. Um, so, mm. you know, when you go from January 1st to the 17th, you're only going to be able to purchase the items that are on the pre-sale. Um, gotcha. And it's mainly because, um, I don't think our shopping cart is able to take certain, you know, split the order because we don't want to, uh, sure. Uh, you know, it's just the way our system is designed. So we're going to open it for two weeks and then we'll open everything back up after the two weeks. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Good
0: deal. Well, man, Jason, I'm, uh, I'm very thankful that you were able to hop on and, and chat with us, uh, about these broadheads. I know I can, I can speak for all of us and for the, Heavy arrow community as a whole, I, I believe, when I say uh, we're very, very excited. Uh, I know a lot of people have been pining for a uh, a viable, affordable S7 steel broadhead, and I'm I'm really excited to to get a hold of these and and see what they can do. Um, where Where else can people view your content? I know I know you're you're starting to put out some some videos and stuff, and you're on. Uh, so you've got a Facebook page and an Instagram page, right?
1: Yeah, I'm mostly active on Instagram. It, it, it transfers over to Facebook. Um, sure. So the best way, you know, you can message me through Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can always, you know, email me through the website at info, uh, infotoughhead.com. Uh, and we are going to start putting more content on YouTube. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to work on getting a video out um, before the first, showing the product and going over, you know, a little description of it all as well um, before the pre-sale launches. Um, so yeah, YouTube, we're going to try to be more active on YouTube this year with, you know, sharpening videos and just stuff like that. So perfect.
0: Good deal. So if you're listening to this, you should be able to head over to your YouTube and, uh, and, and view that video if, if you're wanting a more, more visual there. So cool. Good deal. Well, Once again, Jason, thank you. Really appreciate your time and, and sitting down with us and chatting about this. And, uh, if you're still here, appreciate you listening and until next time disrupt the status quo.
1: Sounds good, Matt. Thanks.